Rabbi Gabrielle Lewin's congregants had strong feelings about how their rabbi should behave. They expected her to be a model of deportment, always disciplined, controlled, reasonable, patient, humble, and self-sacrificing. This left little room for the devil in her to play. It had to wait until she took her first winter holiday since becoming senior rabbi at Washington's congregation Ohav Shalom. Then, on a Christmas week getaway to Martinique, when the business of a synagogue routinely goes into hibernation, she decided to visit a nude beach and emulate her distant cousin Eve in the Garden of Eden. She had never thought of herself as possessing anything close to movie star beauty, though, by reasonably strict adherence to a low-fat diet and daily exercise, she maintained a slender, athletic figure. When she smiled, her nose, given a gentle curve downward at the tip when she was fifteen, accentuated the dimples that invariably elicited admiration. Thanks to a skilled orthodontist in Los Angeles where she had grown up, her teeth were almost perfect. Combined with the dimples, they drew others into the intimate space that surrounded her. On the beach, she found it easier to remove the top of her bikini than the bottom. If revealing organs of reproduction did not embarrass fellow mammals in God's kingdom, why, she asked herself, should it embarrass her? The answer came almost immediately. The prospect, however remote, of meeting someone who knew her in Washington horrified her. She prepared herself for that eventuality by marshalling the argument that nude bathing was the norm in the French Indies, and she certainly did not want to offend the natives. How this argument might have worked, she was never to know. Before she encountered anybody who might know her, she discovered a major flaw in her plan. Even with powerful sun-blocking creams, exposing tender flesh to the tropical sun was a dangerous business. Before her breasts and derriere could turn tomato red, she donned an oversized T-shirt and took shelter under a nearby coconut palm, reminding herself how little she actually enjoyed sunbathing, clothed or not. These days, she preferred to spend her time on tennis courts, drilling ground strokes and punching volleys. The sport had rescued her from the fatigue and depression brought on by the increasing demands of her synagogue. She'd hired the sister of her secretary, Chuck Browner, as her coach. Lydia Browner, ranked among the hundred best women players in the nation, trained most of Washington's women enthusiasts. Lessons and drill with Lydia started each Tuesday and Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Gabby's new rabbinical associate, Dove Schellenberg, whom she had handpicked after her promotion to senior rabbi, shared clerical responsibilities and occasionally freed her to compete as Lydia's partner in weekend tournaments on the women's pro-amateur double circuit. Triumphing over opponents had never been part of Gabby's makeup, but after a few months of being unmercifully driven and prodded by Lydia, she began to notice a shift in her personality. Off the court, she found herself fighting for what she wanted, no longer willing to concede in a disagreement Meepne Darke Shalom, as the Talmudic rabbi said, for the sake of making and maintaining peace. Once thought of as a pushover on the courts, she acquired a reputation as a serious adversary, who, short of cheating, would do just about anything to win, including psychological warfare and an infuriating drop shot.